0: I have a master's degree in Food Science and Human Nutrition. I am the founder of Thrive Functional Nutrition Coaching. We are pioneers in the field of functional nutrition. We reverse chronic diseases and teach doctors how to do that using the power of nutrition. I have pushed the limits of my mind, body and soul in more ways than you can imagine. I learn from the world's top experts and blend modern science with ancestral wisdom in my approach to human health and healing. Today. I share my knowledge with you so that you may live the most energetic, joyful and fulfilled life that you can ever imagine. My name is Mukda Pradhan, enjoy the show. Welcome, this is episode 1 and we are going to talk about coffee today. Uh, Why coffee? Because someone from my tribe asked me, uh, as in they actually shared a research paper in in the tribe about how coffee was beneficial in uh, reducing liver problems. And, uh, you know, that made me want to delve a little deeper and investigate what was really going on with coffee because... We generally recommend that people avoid coffee and I'll tell you why we do that and uh, here was a paper that was showing me that coffee might have certain protective and healing properties so I I just went in deeper and uh, surprisingly I actually found out there are quite a few benefits of drinking coffee but before you conclude that you have to start drinking a cup of coffee right away, uh, listen to the entire show and then decide whether you're going to drink it. So what are the benefits? Uh, Most of them had to do with the liver. There were quite a few papers, right from 2007, that uh, were showing that coffee consumption actually impacted the liver positively. Uh, There were papers that, uh, you know, inversely related, so the more coffee people drank, they had lower risks of liver cancers, liver diseases and liver cirrhosis, coffee consumption was showing that it reduced the risk of hepatic fibrosis and cirrhosis, which is basically like your liver getting scarred and like, you know, your liver losing its functionality um uh, and then of course uh there were papers that were talking of how coffee uh, prevents cognitive decline which means uh, you remain sharper and your memory remains stronger and then there were a few papers correlating coffee and uh, you know its positive impact on depression how women who had one or more cups of coffee had lower episodes of depression and mood swings and then um uh, There was one paper that was talking about uh, coffee having a preventive effect on stroke. Uh, A few papers talking about, uh, you know, coffee reducing the risk of all-cause mortality. So there were a lot of uh, papers that spoke of uh, coffee benefits. And I had to investigate deeper, especially the liver connection, right? Because from what I know, uh, coffee does... Uh, you know our body kind of treats coffee like a toxin so uh, i was really curious why is it that coffee is having a protective uh, effect on the liver and what i found out is one is it activates the nrf2 pathway so the nrf2 pathway are uh, you know it's it's an intrinsic pathway that uh, humans homo sapiens have and it is a neuroprotective pathway that uh, gets triggered when the body experiences oxidative stress so if your body is experiencing some sort of oxidative stress then the nrf2 pathway gets activated and when the nrf2 pathway gets activated then the body creates antioxidants and because of these antioxidants then there's a protective effect that comes across especially glutathione so Uh, when the nrf2 pathways are activated a lot of glutathione is produced in the body but the question really is is it worth having coffee and activating your nrf2 pathways if we can think of all the other repercussions that coffee might have on your body so the reason why we saw that coffee was having this protective effect in the liver at, at least that's my hypothesis that you know a lot of these research papers are just showing that uh, the, the risk of liver cirrhosis or liver fibrosis is much lesser in people who are drinking coffee versus people who are not drinking coffee uh, very few are really investigating into what is causing that differential and i my hypothesis is that coffee the coffee consumption induces some level of oxidative stress and to counter that oxidative stress the nrf2 pathway gets activated and when that nrf2 pathway gets activated several antioxidant genes and proteins get activated and those have this protective effect but now before you go and reach out for your cup of coffee like i said uh, understand what else might happen when you consume coffee because uh see again uh you know these plant or antioxidants like whether it's 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 the uh, caffeic acid that's coming from coffee or whether it's the chlorogenic acid that's coming com- from coffee so these are the polyphenols that are there in coffee that are triggering this antioxidant effect uh they they all come in with some kind of risks also right so you could experience the same antioxidant effect if you did something less toxic like for example uh, hot and cold exposure right like you alternated uh, hot exposure with cold exposure either in a shower or you did like an ice bath and a sauna you did something like that it would trigger the same nrf2 pathways without any of the toxins that would come in from plant anti- antioxidants so uh, just using coffee to trigger your nrf2 pathways i think uh, should be done with a lot of caution uh, because coffee like the beans right like coffee is made from the beans of the coffee, be- coffee plant and it's a seed so typically when you look at plants and I mean, look at plant anti-nutrients or plant defense mechanisms that a plant makes most of these defense mechanisms are loaded in the seed which is like the baby of the plant so the plant doesn't really want anyone to eat the seeds the plant wants animals or mammals or maybe birds to eat the fruit and like you know discard the seeds so that the seed may grow into another plant and mo- like most animals even if they eat the fruit whole their system doesn't break down the seed it gets passed out just like that through their poop Uh, it's the same with humans like if you've tried eating quinoa you'll see quinoa come out the next day just like that Uh, it might the idea might sound gross but we are not really meant to digest seeds Uh, they just pass through our system right away and uh, coffee beans are seeds and a lot of the plant defense mechanisms would be in the seed as well now uh What a couple of research papers have shown is that despite all these positive benefits that uh, coffee supposedly gives, coffee can also trigger chromosomal damage, which means your DNA could be affected if you are a long-time consumer of coffee, if you're drinking coffee for too long. Apart from this, you know, like what really concerns me about coffee is coffee the way their coffee beans are processed itself they are prone to a lot of mold growth so mold is like you know uh, that that black like if you keep bread out for too long or what would grow on your fruits so mold is ubiquitous it, it's it's like there everywhere and it grows very easily especially on coffee beans so most uh, coffee companies most coffee estates don't really care about mold because in the end that coffee bean is going to be dried and it's going to be roasted and it's going to be powdered and you're going to get the coffee powder right so no one really cares the mold on coffee and most coffee brands are loaded with toxins that come from mold so uh, mold when it grows it releases byproducts as a part of its growth and these byproducts are often toxic to us these are these are called mycotoxins so coffee can actually have a lot of mycotoxins without you realizing it and sometimes if you're suffering from unexplainable health conditions it could be because of these mycotoxins that are coming in from your coffee itself so one is the risk of mycotoxins because you can't see these right they they, they like the coffee beans are roasted and ground and they come to you in coffee powder so you can't even see uh, if if there could be a mycotoxin inside the inside this powder but then every time you make coffee you're going to get exposed to these mycotoxins secondly uh, so roasting anything at high temperatures whether it's baking or whether it's like uh, you know even even the process of making your rotis and your breads and all roasting at high temperatures the process of browning creates another chemical called as acrylamide now acrylamide has been shown to be carcinogenic in nature and coffee is usually quite high in acrylamide so uh, because it's it's roasted at very high temperatures right so if you're consuming coffee that's been roasted at high temperatures then uh, there's a possibility that you're putting in something that could be carcinogenic in nature uh, the other thing is most coffee plantations are heavily heavily like, pesticide dependent because uh, they of course want to increase yield and uh, you know the coffee berry is a very tiny one so it's not it's not got like a huge thick uh, ca- crust over it that the pesticide won't penetrate to. so most coffee beans are actually loaded with a lot of chemicals that are coming in from the pesticides itself so not, I mean you're like loading your body with so many chemicals every time you're drinking a cup of coffee so this is one of the reasons why we said no to coffee in addition what we've seen is uh, people who have some level of what we call as adrenal dysfunction right so if your sleep timings are inverted if you have trouble falling asleep uh, if if you're somebody who's not learned how to perceive and respond to stress properly then uh, coffee or the caffeine in coffee can actually make your adrenal dysfunction worse so who should be drinking coffee well there's another reason uh, why some people get triggered by coffee is th- their ability to metabolize caffeine is slow so there's a genetic variant some people are fast caffeine metabolizers some people are slow caffeine metabolizers so if you are somebody who is a slow metabolizer of coffee uh, then if you drink coffee beyond maybe 12 or uh, 1 pm in the afternoon that caffeine is going to be still in your system until it is bedtime and what's going to happen is that caffeine is going to prevent you from falling asleep on time and uh, it's it's just going to make your sleep cycle worse it's going to disturb, disturb your circadian rhythm and by that virtue it's going to you know impact your health negatively So who should really be drinking coffee or what kind of coffee should you be drinking? One is uh, make sure you're getting organic coffee. Second, uh, if you can confirm from that source that it's mycotoxin free, that would really be great. Uh, Third, the only people who I think should be okay with consuming coffee are the people who are not addicted to it as a crutch or a support system. So if you need coffee and if you can't function without coffee at all, then you should not be drinking coffee because that means you're using coffee as a stimulant to cover up some system that's not working in your body. Either it's a problem with your energy metabolism, like you might have insulin resistance or it could be an issue with your thyroid where, you know, because your thyroid is not functioning well and you have low thyroid hormones, you have this brain fog and like, you know, it's just very hard for you to get through the day and that coffee gives you an artificial perk that helps you. Or you could have adrenal dysfunction which we spoke of and because of that your sleep cycle is reversed. So in the morning you're feeling really groggy and unless you have coffee you just can't wake up. So if you're experiencing any of these symptoms then coffee is not a good idea. Coffee works really well as a nootropic. I've experienced this for myself. My uh, you know it my brain works differently when I drink coffee but I make sure I don't drink coffee for more than three days at a stretch i take a break so that i'm not creating any dependency on it and i was somebody who was super dependent on coffee so if you want to include coffee my recommendation is one uh, look for organic mycotoxin free coffee second um, don't make it a habit don't make it a dependency because if you do that then uh, then obviously something in your system is not functioning well which is why coffee is masking that and um, Avoid drinking coffee post 2pm. So if you want to drink coffee at all, make sure it's in the morning and don't go beyond that because that's going to mess with your circadian and sleep cycles. Uh, What other things? So I I think coffee has an incredibly grounding effect. So if you're feeling uh, a little lost and just like can't make sense of what's going around in the world and you just need something to kind of bring you back into your body. Uh, coffee often does the trick I have seen that uh, happen with me as well like if I'm just too out there in my thoughts and like you know I, I just can't focus on the things I'm supposed to do sometimes like eating like just eating one coffee bean grounds my body right so it has an incredibly grounding effect and this is more from the spiritual perspective but be aware that coffee does come with its uh, side effects right so you don't want to be loading your body with the uh, Harmful chemicals. You don't want mycotoxins coming in and creating different kinds of health problems, and uh, you definitely don't want a dependency. So, drink for three days, give it up for a couple of days, or drink for like eight days. Like some people I know do it like do like a twenty-one day uh, coffee and then uh, ten days of avoiding it through the month. Uh, to me, even twenty-one days seems like uh, it becomes a habit. So, I like I like drinking coffee once in a way sometimes uh but not as a regular morning pick me up um what else Uh, yeah that's about it so you know what i would recommend that you do is like to find out if coffee is really masking any of your symptoms avoid it like just avoid coffee and see what happens to you so if you're somebody who can't get out of bed and who's having headaches and like things are super messed up uh, then yeah you've, you've basically become dependent so clean up your system do a coffee detox just avoid it until you get rid of the dependency and then you can integrate back into your life in smaller doses in whatever works for you well uh, it it does act as a toxin in our body a lot of people experience uh, you know they, they uh, feel that it's easier to pass a bowel movement or it just triggers this dump from our system Uh, Sometimes that happens because the body recognizes it as a toxin and the body is like oh I need to let go of this out right now and you know that that coffee stimulates that. Um, Sometimes that can happen because of the uh, if there's a chicory blend and chicory actually uh, uh, works in stimulating a bowel movement so that could happen because of the chicory in coffee but um, yeah, I think that's all I had to say about coffee. So, if you want to drink coffee, first make sure you're not dependent on it. Then make sure you're getting really clean, bland. I really tried to search for good brands in India. I wrote to a few of the most popular ones also. None of them confirmed that they are mycotoxin free. One of them just said, oh, no, mycotoxins are a natural part of coffee and you can't really avoid them. Um, so, that being said, the only brands that I found that tested, got themselves tested in labs and, uh, you know, that confirmed they were mycotoxin-free were a few brands in the US. Uh, and again, they're not sponsoring this podcast or anything like that. I, I just like sharing what I found. So, uh, Keon, which is Ben Greenfield's brand, uh, is actually, uh, it's, it's passed quite a few certifications and it's, it looks really clean. The other brand is Purity Coffee. Uh, and I think there was one more but I can't remember the name so these two names stuck in my head now in India I haven't found anyone unless I probably contact a coffee estate and ask them to make special mycotoxin free small batches that um, I could share with someone if I wanted to Uh, I'm on the lookout for clean mycotoxin free coffee but uh, again for me coffee is like uh, you know like it's it's something I enjoy once in a while it's not something I need to get through the day. Uh, there was a time when I was extremely dependent on coffee, I mentioned that earlier, but uh, that's not the truth for me anymore. So that's cool. Uh, I have started doing these podcasts, this is episode one, and uh, it's it's like such an easy way to just pass on whatever research I've learned and share without having to go on YouTube or something. So if you have any topics that you'd want me to talk about, please send me an email at uh, mugdha at thrivefnc.com that's m-u-g-d-h-a at t-h-r-i-v-e thrivefnc.com or you could find me on my social media handles i'm mugdha pradhan on instagram and i'm mugdha pradhan functional nutritionist on facebook and just send me a message about a topic that you're curious about and you'd want me to talk about and i'd be happy to answer Uh, I love learning about nutrition. I love having my ideas challenged and I love having to change them if I find enough evidence. So I am changing my mind about coffee a little bit. I am saying it's okay to have it occasionally. So see you guys next time and I would really love to hear uh, from you about what is it that you'd want to talk about next.